So you remember the last time I went to Las Vegas, right? Yeah, with uh, the with with your parents getting remarried or whatever, right? Yeah, that's right. It's with the their vows. Or... Yeah, their Elvis wedding. So uh, one thing that I <laughs> did <laughs> for this wedding. Yeah, I'm not kidding. They had an Elvis wedding. <laughs> So uh one thing that one thing that I got to do while I was there was I <laughs> I played slots and smoked cigarettes with my wife. And that's something we'd never smoke? done before. Like maybe one. Oh, so you smoked a cigarette. It's not like yeah. like smoking a pack of cigs the whole No. Like <laughs> no. So and to be honest with you. There's a reason I've never done it, which is like, I don't know, I just didn't really like the effect of it. And I'm sure someone's going to say, oh, you get used to it, whatever. I don't I don't care. Yeah, so why would you like whatever. work hard to get used to something that kills you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't I just didn't really like it. So whatever. So fast forward to um, maybe about a month later and I'm thinking about my future and the pandemic is just starting. So I'm really thinking about the future. So I'm like, man. I should get some life insurance because, like, I'm married, I'm pretty stable, I can afford it, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going down the whole process, and and the, the agent on the other end of the line is really excited. He's like, yeah, like, you're super healthy, you're young, like, blah, 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 this is, like, a really, you're going to get a really great rate, da, 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 da. And so I'm like, okay, let's do it. We're going down the list of questions, and he's, like, just asking this. I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, are you obese? No. Are you unhealthy no da, 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 da. and then he says have you smoked at all in the last year and i was like yes and he's like oh hold on you fucked up really dude. you're an idiot you deserve it like what kind of fucking answer is that like well technically i have <laughs> i know i'm such a fucking idiot i should have said no what was the difference <laughs> He was like, he was like, oh god, he was <laughs> really? so disappointed. <laughs> because, like audibly, <laughs> yeah, because because the difference, it's like you can't have smoked at all, zero. Like I literally had only had one cigarette in my life, and it was a month before I had this phone conversation. And you can not have had any tobacco for a year to qualify for the no tobacco life insurance rate, and the the with tobacco one is. Three times as expensive. It's totally Jesus. unreasonable. What, what was the? What was the? Did you end up getting it, or did you just wait? Are you gonna wait a year? No, no, I'm waiting a year, and my yeah. year is almost up. So I'm looking forward to it again. <laughs> This is Market Liberation Front. Burton Bourne, Henry Hazlitt. Today we're going to talk about margin loans. But first, a couple of uh, small small things to get out of the way. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We got a sports story. Um, I haven't taken a shower yet, and I have a shower story. Uh, it's an alternative cold open, but I just want to get it out of the way now. Um, okay. Tell I, your shower story. I, I I feel like we've talked a lot about the difficulties of plumbing in cheap apartments, so this will be another one in that series. Yeah, I mean, my shower actually is perfectly fine. Um, the problem is, so is it, I guess... Let's say it was on Monday night at like 9 p.m. I sleep around midnight. I, I was going to sit down and watch a movie. And I looked and I was like, you know what? I should probably wash my towel. It's been a little while. Uh, it didn't smell bad. But, you know, just do the right thing. Wash my towel. I'll throw my blanket in, too. That one was starting to smell a little bad. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I just, you know, whatever clothes were randomly in my laundry basket. And I went down. I put it in. And voila. 
And I went. And then I came back, you know, an hour later, tried to open the door. Didn't work. I was like, ah, towel and blanket probably absorbed too much water. Threw another spin cycle on. Came back half an hour loud, late, uh, half an hour later. Door would not open. Oh, what the fuck is this? And so I'm just fighting with it. I'm Googling it, you know, trying to, like, open the door, figure it out. And the door to the laundry just will not open. Um, and that's kind of annoying because, you know, I have some clothes in there. But the clothes I didn't really need. I was just doing those because I wanted to get the towel and blanket and there was space in there. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I email I email my uh, landlord and or the, the management company and I say, hey, guys. Uh, the laundry machine, the block is broken. We've tried it. doesn't work. You guys need to send someone out to fix this. And uh, they respond, okay, we'll let you know when they're able to come out. Have a great weekend. Uh, and, I, and I responded, <laughs> and I responded, I would like to have a nice weekend, but it's difficult to do without clothing, all of which is stuck inside of the laundry machine. Please send someone <laughs> soon. Um, and of course, <laughs> and then they, then, then they respond, you know, and at this point it had been like, two days, two and a half days since the machine got locked. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and at this point they respond, um, you know, like we'll send someone over right today, <laughs> you know? Uh, so maybe being a dick paid off, but the, the annoying part was I didn't have a towel. I only yeah. had one towel, you know, uh, I just use my towel for everything. Just the one. Cause I'm on the road, you know, I got to keep moving. Jacob yeah. Lund Fisker would be proud of you. Yeah, and, and it, it made me realize that there are certain things that I will not go cheap on, and there are certain things I don't care. And I just refused to buy a towel that I was only going to use for two days. And right. I, I couldn't really think of a cheap place to get, like, a if I could get a towel for, like, $2 or something, sure. You know, like some ratty, not ratty, but, you know, some, like, crusty, not soft towel, whatever. I would pay it, but I couldn't think of a place. So instead, I just used a sweater, like a cotton sweater. Mm-hmm for two days and it was absolutely awful it barely dried <laughs> it was so that shitty sucks. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like you just never felt like in your hair i would just like try to rub my hair into it my hair's getting pretty long and it was just completely wet it was a fucking nightmare and oh. um, yeah and then you know and then i went out that night and spent you know the cost of uh the cost of a towel more than probably twice the cost of a towel on sushi that didn't even really fill me up that much and i was like oh yeah that was totally worth it uh, but anyway uh as an update they have not repaired the washing machine but they did come back and they just removed the door uh, <laughs> they just took to the, the door wall. off completely yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was the solution left, yeah and they left my clothes in there and i was like oh great a bunch of clothes that have been sitting there for three days. Lovely. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, now you can't even use that towel because it's been sitting wet for three days. It's yeah, got to yeah, yeah. so smell I went down, terrible. I went down to a laundromat and just threw everything in there. It was like $2 uh, or whatever. But okay. Pretty annoying. So uh, you still managed to avoid buying a towel. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> That's <laughs> the important thing here is you didn't have to buy a different towel. towel. Are you kidding me? Like a goddamn towel. Maybe I should have just bought um, a roll of uh, paper towels. Just washed myself <laughs> with like 10 paper towels. <laughs> 10 that might have been cheaper. Towels. Just like dry your entire body with paper towels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. What we have to let's do a personal finance analysis on whether you should have just bought a new towel or bought a roll of paper towels and dried yourself with them. Doesn't yeah, sound like the sweatshirt trick was the answer though. Yeah, you know, uh, I had a. This reminds me of something. I had a. I think I will do paper towels next time. But I used to. I used to have a gym in the basement of my office when I worked in New York. And what I would do is I would have lunch. 
I would let it settle for like 45 minutes or whatever. And then I would go to the gym or maybe I would go before lunch, kind of depended on the day. But sometime in the middle of the day, I would just disappear from my desk, work out, you know, run, lift weights, uh, and then shower and come back upstairs. No one noticed I was gone. And one day a colleague figured it out and they're like, how are you working out here? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I just shower afterward. And they th- and this colleague thought it was gross. They're like, you shower at, at work? That's so weird. I'm like, dude, I am cleaner when I come back from working out than when I was standing next to you before. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really funny. Yeah, that's a great deal to have a shower at work. I, I sometimes oh, right. wish that my work had a shower because then you could just go straight from a workout to your work and shower there and not have to go home. Yeah, yeah. I, when, I was re- when I was considering riding a bicycle, that was a key part uh, was that I could ride my bike to work. Uh shower and change in the gym in the basement and then walks you know just go up the elevator yeah i used to work at a place where a bunch of people would ride their bikes to work and then there was no shower there fucking gross <laughs> that's so nasty. <laughs> why <laughs> i had a friend who did that in dc except his ride to work was almost entirely downhill and then his ride oh. home was uphill so he would just cr- okay. coast into the office and then and when he'd leave at the end of the day he would you know get his work out in basically pretty okay. nice that makes sense yeah it's pretty nice um but anyway that's um those are my hygiene stories so now everybody knows how often i wash my sheets and towels and whatnot um <laughs> but if i was a wealthier man i might wager on this super bowl who do you have in the super bowl i Oh, God. I hate both teams. I hope they both lose. Yeah, like, if, if all of them... Uh, I don't know. How could how could they both lose without everyone dying? Uh, yeah, I, hope they, I just I hope don't everyone know. tests positive for COVID and they just cancel it. <laughs> you know, except the old people on the teams. Because I think Kansas City has, like... Or Kansas City or the Bucks has, like, a 98-year-old coach or something. Okay, not him. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, anyone who's, like, 43 and younger... I, I love yeah, the including uh, Brady. Brady yeah. especially. How about just Brady test positive? Dude, I love the statistics <laughs> like when they're talking about the age differences. It's it, it's getting they're really reaching. It's not just like uh Patrick Mahomes wasn't even born by the time that Tom Brady had won 30 Super Bowls or whatever. Uh but it's <laughs> it's really specific. It's like uh-huh. Patrick Mahomes' mom was 1 year old when Tom Brady was born. What the fuck? It's almost like, yes, Tom Brady could be Patrick Mahomes' dad. That is true. <laughs> so you'd be like 18 at the time. Um, but I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't know. Who do, so who do you think? But who do you think will win? I think the Chiefs will win. They're so good. Like, how yeah. the fuck could they not win? They're yeah, so but it's, good. it's touchdown Tommy, man. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I was Ugh. shocked that he beat the Packers, frankly, even though I think that they were favored. I don't remember, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That was disappointing. Like, I, I don't, I didn't pay close attention to that game, but I also thought, like, what the fuck? How could this have happened? Like, really, are the Bucks that much better? Yeah, the thing is, the only, the only thing to be said is that uh, the Chiefs have lost a little bit of momentum, right? Uh, kind of into the stretch. They're not winning as big as they were, whereas the Bucks are really hot, heating up. I mean, obviously, you have some momentum if you make it to the Super Bowl. But instead of being like galactically good, hmm, I don't know. I feel like they're just 
they got all those receivers. They're just their offense is insane. It's just it's like crazy to watch it because you're like, okay, the other team, the defense, they're doing pretty well. Like they're getting some they're getting some good plays, and then all of a sudden it's like sixty yard touchdown, like it's nothing, and you're like, right, oh, right, okay, right. fine. God damn it. <laughs> well, we're speculating about this because we're going to create an offer, and we'll be able to publish this before the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, every person, have to. send us a screenshot to marketliberationfront at gmail.com. And if you get a person to subscribe to the show, uh, we will pay you $250. We will? Yeah. Wow. Do you know how we're funding Damn. this? Oh, we will pay you $250 if the Bucks win and the person subscribes to the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Only if the Bucks win, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're betting that the Chiefs will cover the spread uh, an equal amount to the amount that people send us in terms of new subscriptions. Yeah, I don't know if the economics of this works out exactly the same as the economics in the example that we're looking at. Yeah, I have no fucking clue, man. Um, <laughs> I thought you had thought this through, but no, not at all. I, I just... thought about it, and I was like, I don't think we're going to get this the same benefit as the guy in our in our article. Okay, well, why don't we? Why don't you introduce us to this guy? Because I'm completely lost. Tell tell us all about Mattress Mac. All right, so there's Jim Mattress Mac McIngvall. He bets three point four six million dollars on the underdog Tampa Bay Bucks to cover the three and a half point Super Bowl spread. So this is one of these just like crazy, you know, how you see ads for mattress stores and like car dealerships. Do they have these in Europe where it's just like a people just fucking yelling for 30 seconds about whatever stupid like commodity they're selling? You know, I don't really watch TV in Europe. Uh, that's an interesting <laughs> question. <laughs> anyway, so crazy love, no, Jim Mattress though. Mac McIngvall is is one I'm of Jim, these guys. Jim, yeah, he's just totally cucked out. I'm Jim Mattress Mac McIngvall from the Mattress Mac McIngvall uh, Super Mall Emporium, and uh, we've got <laughs> three thousand. And then it's just like uh, there's a shot of like three thousand mattresses, and he's on top of them like in the landfill <laughs> yeah. in the Philippines, and he's like, "It's out of this country." <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's like him and the my pillow guy doing lines of coke in the international space station <laughs> just like yelling about mattresses and pillows <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense it's like wow these mattress store budgets have really gotten out of hand yeah well it's only because of his very sharp business acumen that uh mattress mac can make such exciting advertisements so here's the here's the deal He's not just betting three and a half million dollars just because he's a gambler. No, no. This is a shrewd hedge against a parallel promotion he's running in his Mattress Mac mattress store, where the deal is that if you spend $3,000 or more at the mattress store, then I think he will give you your money back. Let me yeah. confirm that, actually. If, if, That's the, if the bet, if the game goes the opposite way that he predicted, right? Yeah, yeah. You if you spend three thousand or more, you get your money back if the Buccaneers win, right? Or you get your money back if they win. No, no. If, if they lose, no. It says you'll get your money back if the Buccaneers beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. But he bet that uh, he bet also. But he also bet in favor of the Bucks. Yeah, that's okay, right. So, so he's win, covering. Oh, he's, right. What he's doing is if okay, think about it this way: if the Buccaneers win. Then he keeps the three and a half million dollars that he bet and he 
gains something i think they said like 2.7 yeah 2.7 million from his bet and then he uses that 2.7 million to pay back all the people who spend all this money on their mattresses right Right, right. But I guess the, it might be – there has to be like a few hundred thousand each direction, like if people don't spend enough on mattresses. Yeah, so he has to scale the the wager to match like how much people are spending on mattresses. Okay, what, so think about the other the situation. You spend $3,000 on a mattress? <laughs> that's a really good point. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, but I don't get it. What's the, what, what's the benefit for him? It's just, I guess, media attention. No, it's a, it's a hedge because think about the other situation. If – if the Chiefs win, he loses his bet, right? He loses his $3.5 million, right. but he keeps all the money that all these people who spent $3,000 on their mattresses spent. Right. But what I'm saying is, right? yeah, but so, so what I'm saying is it's a wash for him financially, except for the media attention. I don't think it's a wash. I just think it's a hedge. Like he's he's giving up some of the upside to limit the downside. And I think he thinks that the taking like, taking the hit of either losing this bet or giving people their money back either way is worth it because I don't know. Cause like it, he's limiting his downside from the promotion and probably he thinks that the chiefs are going to win. That's right. the other thing. Right. right. He's like, he probably thinks the chiefs are going to win because he'll probably make more if the chiefs win <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. from all the, all the mattress money. But I, but the other right. thing is though, if he wins the bet, he has to pay taxes on that. I wonder how the taxes work for his $3,000 mattresses if he's doing it. Okay, I bet there also has to be a tax calculation here, too. Oh, yeah. Do you think Mattress Mac is smart enough to add the taxes in? It doesn't sound like it's the first time he's done this. Yeah. No. When, yeah, what, what, did it, what did it say his other bets were? It said that he also... Oh, no. This is an, another better put a $2.3 million bet on Tampa Bay um, last week. But uh, we don't know if there are oh, some sort of used car salesman hedging their or if he, their promotion, or if he like re-upped it. Uh, like maybe he got more mm -hmm. mattress sales. Okay, so it says that he had more than eleven million in play on the twenty nineteen World Series between the Astros and the Nationals. Fuck, and I think he lost that, right? <laughs> I think he bet. Yeah, yeah, he, he bet on the the Astros, which would have, which I guess. Was yeah, that's bad. right. It didn't work out. The Nationals won. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty smart. It's a it's a good hedge. I yeah. like it. All right. Well, there we go. So we'll we'll do whatever some kind of hedge if you just get a bunch of people to subscribe to the pod. Yeah. So I don't think our our plan works because I think we need people to be giving us money. I think we're just straight gambling if we're giving away money and then betting to try and cover it because we're losers either way. Well, no. What if? But if we what if we just whatever money. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you're right. Because if we if we lose the bet, <laughs> yeah, we're fucked. Whatever. We had a good run on the pod. <laughs> yeah, why don't actually? Why don't you all just send money to our Venmos, and if we want to, we'll return it. And we're also going to be betting. Yeah, that's a great deal. Do that. Yeah. Definitely subscribe do that. And send us money. Uh, or, oh no, we should get them to subscribe to the Patreon, and then they'll get a free Patreon subscription. We'll refund their Patreon money. If the yeah, we'll uh, put the link to the Patreon in the show notes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be embarrassed by having that public and people seeing how many people sign up for the Patreon, which I'm sure would be like my dad. He's a great guy. <laughs> don't stop believing. Uh, my dad, he also reviewed the show on Apple. 
Oh think, man, I he's think, like he's a great fan. Yeah, I think the name he used was like Elmer Fudd or something. Dude, that's that's actually really funny because my father-in-law I think is on Instagram as like Elmer Fudgesicle or something. <laughs> my dad is, is that on Facebook too. Like all of the information is correct. You know, it's like the name of his high school in the year he graduated, and where he was born, and then the name is just like some weird fucking name that doesn't even exist anymore, like Elmer. Some, like, yeah. boomer thing? <laughs> yeah, some boomer-ass name no one wants to fuck around with. Uh, That's right. so funny that he put all the details in accurately except for that. <laughs> it's not that hard to figure out. Uh, but, all right, well, there you go. There's your gambling lesson for the day. Now, on to another form of gambling, the margin loan. But I think this is a very interesting one, and uh, I'm thinking about doing it. Yo, you're thinking about doing this? Yeah. Wow. You know, not not with $400,000 like he does, but, you know, maybe like <laughs> I have 50K in a Vanguard account, take 25 and buy an apartment in like, you know, suburban Atlanta or something. Oh, that sounds okay. I'm I'm interested. So I'm interested to hear your hear your plan. Yeah. So but first, let's explain to to the listeners what this is, because I think it actually if you're a index fund guy or gal. And uh, you maybe want to buy a house or you want to get in, involved in real estate or you just want to have money around without letting go of your stocks. It seems like a pretty interesting way to do it. Yeah. So here's the concept. Mr. Money Mustache, friend of the show, tells a story in which he wanted to – he got into a situation with a friend where the friend wanted to buy a house – I think buy the house next to him, like next door to him. And the housing market in old Longmont, Colorado, seems like it's pretty hot. So he wanted to be able to jump on this opportunity to, I guess, buy this house and have his friend live next door. Yeah, I love right? how I love how um, he, the, the, my favorite part of this is how he's like he's like basically trying to construct his life so only people he likes lives on his street. Oh yeah, that's right. He <laughs> says he's trying to he's trying to carefully like like eventually buy every house and like move his friends into all of them which is a really weird culty thing to do yeah it's uh how, <laughs> how could we secure this house so she would get an amazing deal and i would get to live next to a really great group of friends and continue my plan to gradually take over more of the street rather than rolling the dice with a random new set of neighbors Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. He's basically building a cult. I actually watched a movie that's kind of about this. It's called One BR, like One Bedroom. And it's about a, well, okay, I don't want to spoil too much, but it involves housing and cults and neighborhoods. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I, I get it. You don't want to live next to assholes. We were really lucky. Uh, we only had a neighbor on one side because of the geography of our street. And they're very dear friends to us. And they've been great. And like my mom used to work with that woman. Uh, you know, her husband and every time I come, they like bring food and we hang out. We're great. Yeah. But that was kind of it kind of just happened that way. We didn't really engineer it, which is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I haven't engineered our housing situation. Not that I would have any control over it anyway. But it's like on one side of us, it's like this really chill family like super quiet and friendly. And I don't know, we basically never talk to them. On the other side, it's this really loud, obnoxious, annoying family that just drive us crazy all the time. So if only I could carefully decide who lives next to me with my huge pile of stocks and cash that mr money mustache has right so uh so here's anyway, how it works yeah here's how the the scheme works the idea is that you 
when you're going to buy a house, you want to, it's better if you're going to pay in cash, like you just have the money for the house in the bank, because then you don't have to wait to go through the process of getting a mortgage approved, which, uh, hey, I just watched the movie The Big Short about the 2008 crisis last night, um, which was a time when they would give a mortgage to literally anybody. But that time is over and it takes time to be approved for a mortgage and the person giving you the mortgage is involved with the house transaction. I don't totally understand it because I've never gone through it myself. I sold my condo to a cash buyer. Oh, really? Yeah. And was it easier than if they had had a mortgage? Yeah. And the thing is I had to, I was leaving the country and I wanted to get the deal done before I left. And they basically were, and basically they were like, look, the cash buyer is offering, I mean, these are not the actual numbers, but let's just pretend like the cash buyer is offering 145, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. In cash. And so basically, if you say yes, we just sign the contracts and it's done pending, uh, you know, like the the inspection or whatever. The other guy was offering like 150, but it was going to be mortgaged. Um, right. And then, and then so it was possible that the risk is like if you, you take the guy who says 150 uh, and then he tries to get a mortgage and it's declined, then you go to the guy who offered you 145 and maybe he'll just say, I'll do 140 now or oh, I already bought a different house. Right. So uh-huh. that you, you're willing to take a little less money just to guarantee that it's locked up, which is what I did. It worked out fine. It just saves you, I don't know, like a week or two of hassle probably. I don't know exactly how long it was. I was kind of rushing on my way out, but uh, that's the idea. So he just wants to raise the cash so that they can buy this house in cash and avoid like a messy competition and just say, we can do it right now. But the woman right. didn't have the 400K yet. I wonder who this friend is, by the way. Maybe it's. I know, like, how much, like, why is he doing this for her? Imagine if she can't get a mortgage and he just, he's just stuck with this house. <laughs> I mean, I guess even that's not so bad because it seems like it's pretty easy to sell houses. Like, he yeah, could probably yeah. turn it around and sell it pretty fast. Mm, that's true. And I guess if he's, but if he's just selling it to her for the exact price that he bought it, then he's not mm-hmm. paying taxes on it. And I assume she's covering all of the fees that he would have to pay, right? Because there has to be mm. some duplicate fees. For the transaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. No? Or, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. But anyway, the the more interesting part is how he gets 400000 in cash. Right. Exactly. So if someone came to you and said, I need 400000 in cash for something that's pretty low risk, um, could you come up with that? Obviously, I don't know about obviously, but I I could not. I mean, I, I'll I, just say I, that. That's, I will... You know, breaking news, I'm not worth $400,000. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> still working on financial independence? <laughs> yeah, still trudging along closer there than I was a few years ago, but not there yet. <laughs> uh, but apparently, Mr. Mustache here is. Uh, and he... <laughs> so here's what, here's what he does. He, like all good... Uh, early retired financial independent people has a big stock portfolio and it turns out that if you have a lot of a lot of your assets in stocks like this you can get a big loan against them called a margin loan right right and the idea of a margin loan is that you would actually use it to uh buy and sell more stocks that's like the concept but it's really cash that you have that you can do whatever you want with um and that's what he does so he goes he has a big portfolio of stocks i don't even know how much (laughs) much they are i read Um, i read 
I think it was five years ago that he was making $400,000 a year in from the blog. And I imagine that went up um, afterwards. So, and with, you know, his, I think he started at like 1.2 or something when he started the blog, when he retired. So he clearly has to be like a millionaire several times over. Um, mm-hmm. And how much of that is stocks? Cause you know, he, he's put some of it into real estate, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had three or 4 million bucks in stocks, if not more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So for him, this isn't like a huge chunk of his net worth to do this. Yeah. It might be 10%. Right. Right. So he, he borrows this money. Like I said, the idea of it is that you would use it to trade more stocks, um, which is, which can be risky because if the stocks go the other way, then you might lose all your money. Um, but instead of doing that, he just takes the cash and, uh, transfers it to his own bank account, basically. Right, right. And and the interest that he pays on this is only 1%, he says. But right. Apparently That's the other, key, is that the interest is really low. Yeah, if the interest, and you know, and if it's interesting because if you can get some kind of guaranteed return above 1%, you should just do this. Because <laughs> you'll still get to keep yeah. your stocks and they'll keep growing, right? And then you'll just get a, get a little bit on top of it. That's an interesting thing is, the, and, and uh, but the thing is, if interest rates went up, right, um, but I wonder if you do a CD that could beat that interest rate. Um, just to give yourself <laughs> maybe you could find a, one that's <laughs> that's like one point one five percent. Yeah, it's like one point two five over a year. But if it's, if you're dealing with like a million bucks, it's like ah, oh, there's a couple thousand bucks for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if, if you're not that's, touching that, that's money. a trade that you can make, and yeah. your CD doesn't go bust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the CD would survive. Those are pretty, especially considering <laughs> how low risk they are. Uh, yeah, but, probably. Um, that's now that's interesting. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's interesting because usually you think of margin loans as something you would use to I don't know buy more shares of GameStop, right? Right. Like that's that's where people really get themselves in trouble is they put some actual cash in and then they buy some shares and they're like, well, I want to trade more. So they borrow money against the shares that they already own. The problem is that if the value of the stuff that that you've bought on margin that you've bought with borrowed money goes down, then the bank starts just not the bank, but the brokerage just starts like taking your shares from you as collateral for the fact that like you owe them money right. and they're never going to get in. They're never going to let you get into a situation where you can't pay them back. They're just going to take everything from you. Right. Right. So you could, you could gain a few extra points uh, or you could lose everything. I guess. The, <laughs> the, exactly. The thing to do would be to, uh, if you want to like, let's say invest in real estate, right? Uh, the, the risk is that, but it, what, what works when you're investing, like, let's say he decided to keep the house. Right. And uh, with the money he bought, he he decided to keep the house and uh, rent it out as a rental property. Right. What he could do is he would buy the house and then rent it out and then uh, borrow against the borrow, you know, take out a HELOC, you know, home equity line of credit uh, and borrow the money back from his mortgage to pay off the loan. And that would create that would free up the money for him to buy the house, but without immediate, without having to sell all of his stocks and trigger a capital gains tax. That's the other big part of this is there's no capital mm. gains tax, but you have access to your stocks. And the only way right. that he would be totally fucked is if 
the housing market and the stock market collapsed simultaneously, which which happens sometimes, <laughs> but it's not, they're not necessarily going to collapse at the same time. Right. Right. I see. So really, it's like, in that case, it's like a bridge loan where, I guess that's how he's using it in this context, but just for his friend, where it's a loan to get you from where you are to the next loan. Right. So it's like... Right. And what's good about it is it's quickly accessible and the interest rate is really low. And that's something that when I hit early retirement, I don't want to do this now, but let's say I hit early retirement, right? And I have, by the time I hit early retirement, I'll build up a decent cash pile so that if the markets collapse 40%, I could just live off the cash pile instead of selling my shares. You know, if I retired in March, I would have been glad that I did that, you know, if I retired a year ago when the market collapsed. But uh-huh. uh, let's say I'm, I'm I'm share rich, right? And that, that money is set aside. That's like my emergency fund. Let's say I have a couple hundred thousand dollars in my Vanguard account and I want to start investing in real estate now because I don't have a day job. I think I might actually do that. Instead of trying, instead of selling the stocks or building them up, I would uh, borrow against them uh, and then put it into a house. And if I lose everything, oh, well, I go back to fucking work for a couple more years. Uh, but if not, then it's like, okay, cool. And uh, I can get someone renting in there. And uh, and then once that's done, you know, and they've rented and I've paid back the mortgage a little bit after like six months or however long that I, I hold on to this, uh, then mm-hmm. uh, then I sell it, get it back, and then buy another house and do that again. And do that a few times. So you're going for leverage. Yeah. Going for debt. Yeah, yeah that's – I mean – Look, the only reason that physical real estate is worth it over a real estate investment trust or fundrise or whatever is the per- the, le- the leverage that you can personally access from real estate. Otherwise, there's no reason to go through the hassle uh, and the risk of just buying a house, especially for one person. You know, that's so much risk in just one place. Whereas with like a REIT index fund or a fundrise account with 30 different projects, you can spread the risk around, get a decent return, and it's no work. But if people are letting so me you mean like you can borrow money at, to get invested versus yeah. versus like an index fund you can't really do that. Yeah, I mean I would love to get a mortgage for uh stocks. Like I would love to buy a million dollars worth of the S&P 500 at 2% with a 2% loan and putting down $200,000. That's that's an interesting concept. I wonder if you could do mortgages for index funds. Maybe that should be the financial tool that we create. Oh, yeah, we'll be fucking rich. Just loan people. I mean, that's kind of what these margin loans are, right. but but no, those are secured. This is different because we want to secure it against, I don't know what. What are fucking mortgages secured against? A house, yeah, right? So There's... You, you would ownership of the stocks. If they can't keep up, then the bank gets to keep the stocks. But if you pay it off over 30 years, imagine if instead of paying into a retirement account, you had the leverage to buy a million dollars worth of stocks right now and just spend 30 years paying it off. <laughs> It would be more worth more than if you just kept buying stocks the whole way, because the earlier you buy them, the better off you are. Oh yeah, you definitely you definitely come out ahead because the whole point of like on of doing things with debt is that if the return on the investment is greater than the interest on the debt, then you basically make money without having to spend anything. Right, and exactly. that's the that's the genius of it. Right. Um, this reminds me of the the tweet that you sent me earlier about the guy who sold his ownership of a trailer park and bought <laughs> bought a that? vanguard index fund don't, don't really, yeah, yeah. i do yeah, i do i have it right here <laughs> so so it's it <laughs> the first tweet is at 
Carl, and it's at this guy on Twitter who's like a early retirement Mr. guy. Mr. 1500. Just, he's, he's one of the better ones, actually. I kind of like him. Oh. And he's also, okay. he's fucking crazy because like 90% of his net worth is like Apple, Amazon, and Google or whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's how he got there so fast. And now he's like diversified into index funds. <laughs> we should do it. We should do more of his shit. He, he's, he seems like one of the more normal people here. Uh, okay that's good yeah. we like those people we're trying to be like them okay so he, <laughs> he he says carl retire in 1500 just bought thirty five thousand three hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of vtsax which is the vanguard total stock market index fund after selling a trailer park and then so he responds to the tweet and says vtsax is much less drama one vtsax won't put ads on craigslist for adult services (laughs) two vtsax won't participate in a stabbing (laughs) three three, vtsax will never appear on an episode of cops (laughs) vtsax fees are a lot less but y'all knew that already (laughs) And then and then there's there's some replies that carry on the joke. VTSAX doesn't manufacture and sell drugs. <laughs> doesn't abandon a lease in the middle of the night. Doesn't double fist handles of alcohol on a Bronco roof at 2 a.m. while trying to rap. And I don't want to make fun of poverty or, you know, the cultural pathologies that lead people to act like this, but... I come from a family where this sort of thing is common, so I look at it as mocking people that I know, not as poor people that I'm looking down on. Uh, okay. And also, double fisting. Thanks for giving. Thanks for giving us the uh, intellectual, ideological cover, cultural cover for that. Yeah. Whereas I can't, I can't really defend this woman, Glenn, fiery millennial, because I mean it's just racist. Like it's just like it's just like looks like a regular black guy. It's like her, her response is like. You know, VTSX, VTSAX is not a black person. Like, that's basically what she's Whoa. Saying. Okay, well, not that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, I yeah, I mean, I just thought of, was... when I read this, when I read this, I just thought of, I thought of you, because I know you have ambitions to own a trailer park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, I mean, he also admits, uh, someone's like, did some drama at the park lead to the sale? And he says, we were removed from the drama, but the older I get, the simpler I like to keep the investing side of my life. Vanguard's not sexy, but it's simple and effective. Like, okay, sure. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do. It would be cool to take my margin loan and buy fucking <laughs> buy a trailer park with it. <laughs> You're going to be the next one to be tweeting about how you sold it all and put it into a total stock market index fund because yeah. you didn't want to deal with the people. Yeah, it's like I stepped on a heroin needle. It was, like, it was the greatest <laughs> six hours of my life and then the worst nine months trying to get off of it. Never investing in real estate again. <laughs> yeah, have you, I think we've talked about this before, but on the Adam Carolla show, he used to do this segment called Rich Man, Poor Man. And it was things that uh, rich people and poor people did. Uh, that the middle class wouldn't do. Okay. <laughs> so, so it, would be, it would be like, doesn't cooperate with police. <laughs> like, totally true. Or has multiple streams of income. <laughs> doesn't pay taxes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> does not wear a tie to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of some other ones. You got anything? What do you got? Gambles. Mm. <laughs> Gambles. <laughs> Gambles on sports. <laughs> Lives next. Okay, here's one. Lives next to a rapper. Doesn't use condoms. Baseball hat at a formal event. <laughs> Ivy growing on your house. House made of recycled materials. Adequately prepared for the end of the world. <laughs> Those are so Back- funny. Backyard wedding. Doesn't wear socks. Owns chickens. <laughs> Doesn't have an alarm clock. Doesn't have a boss. Owns a car older than him. Rides his bike to work. Lifts weights at home. Has furniture in the backyard. Doesn't mow their yard. Inherits furniture. Experimental medical procedures. A lot of money tied up in a coin collection. Wears a bathrobe all day. Takes two people to start their car. Has laundry done away from the house. Someone drives you to work. Hospital scrubs in public. Wears suspenders. God, these are so good. They're so funny. <laughs> Purchase co- purchases a car at an auction. Middle-aged Guatemalan <laughs> woman cooks you dinner. <laughs> Proud of your zip code. <laughs> Owns a golf cart. Makes his own booze. <laughs> nah, I think he makes his own booze in the middle class now. Ah, true. Yeah. Craft beer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I gotta say my favorite is home made out of (laughs) (laughs) no social security income sorry what's your favorite my favorite has to be home made out of recycled materials (laughs) collects cars as an investment eats old cheese domesticates wild animal as pet man I was I was watching this video of this like Arab guy oh in God, some palace great. with a fucking pet lion the other day. This shit was so scary. The like lion started biting him and he like hit him in the face like you would hit a misbehaving dog. So are you <laughs> kidding me? Oh my god. And he's just oh my laughing. God. Well, or like the the guys who own like a thousand falcons because it's like a uh, thing yeah. to have a falcon. Falconry is and, really popular over there, right? Right, right. It's like just a yeah, it's like something they're into. So <laughs> if you're rich, then you have like one million falcons to your name. <laughs> yeah. Or your kids aren't vaccinated. Oh, 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 that's a good one. <laughs> that is true. Like, like, yeah, I guess we're supposed to get them shots, but I don't know. Eventually I'll figure out. <laughs> Whereas just like I saw a documentary. Uh, oh, my God. The, the rich people vaccination thing I find just abhorrent. Yeah, it's it's so, it's so fucking bad. I remember that, that acquaintance <laughs> of mine who who told me she purchases the most expensive item at the grocery store. Like if there's like five kinds of honey, she just assumes that the most expensive one is the best one, and she does that on everything she buys. Opposite of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple things I'll go a little higher quality for, but uh, she told me that she's like, I'm uh, she's an anti-vaxxer. I was like, of course you are. Of course, uh. like, there's no other option. 